0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message. This morning we're finishing up the, the series called He Who Overcomes, and I specifically want to uh, focus on uh, it's called Abiding in Christ, but we're going to look at the dead church. Actually, where Jesus speaks to the church and we we'll look a little bit at what caused a church to, to die or what causes us as, as believers to spiritually die and, uh, and how we can come alive in Christ. Okay, so, so last week I shared about the full gospel. And the full gospel is the message of Christ plus, anybody remember, the ministry of Christ. Okay, so uh, so so that reveals God's heart for His church, not only the message of Christ, but also the ministry of Christ, and that ultimately is what a, a church should look like, a living church should look like. So some of you should know Stefan and Nastasha. They were with us until end of last year, and they moved to Cape Town, to Somerset West, and they join us on these Holy Spirit Impact weekends, and they, they uh, step out and... Do awesome things for the Lord, and so Stefan shared with me this week, uh, last week Sunday, he he and Nastasha, I think it was halfway through the service, halfway through the the sermon, and Stefan, somebody else was preaching, and Stefan was elbowed Nastasha, and he said to her, Nastasha, get a word, get a word, come on, we need to trust God to move powerfully today, come on, where's the word, come on, Nastasha. And uh, so at the end of the service, after the, the, the message, Stefan took the microphone and uh, he shared something and then Nastasha shared a word she said she feels there's somebody here with lower back pain and the back pain is caused by a sports injury. No one responded. So a little bit later uh, after the service, a guy comes to Stefan and says to Stefan, um, like he's just speaking to him and engaging with him. And uh, and interesting enough, it came out later that this guy has lower back pain due to a golf injury. But now the interesting thing is he's not a believer. And then he was sitting, like where you guys were sitting during the service or at the end of the service. And he said to God, like, God, if you're real, if you are real, I will allow somebody to pray for me if they use the word machubaskluf. I haven't heard of this in my life. So anyway, so now this guy is speaking to, and Stefan can't figure this out. This guy just he's just talking and talking, and he's like, but he says his accent is different. So he's like, where do you come from? And he came out like he's from Petersburg, so, so, so Polokwane. And so Stefan says, oh, and, and so the guy asked him, well, do you know Polokwane? He said, no, he doesn't know it that well, but you know, um, he said, well, my wife and I, Nastasha, we got engaged in Machubas Kluif. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I was just nuts. So then the guy said, please pray for me. <laughs> and then Jesus healed his back. He felt like a heat running through his body. And... His girlfriend that's been coming to the small group, the life group, to Stefan Nastasha's life group, said to them that later in the week that he was so hot after Stefan prayed for me, he had to go home and sit under the fan for another two hours to cool down. Isn't that awesome? But I just realized, man, that is such a beautiful story of God's heart to, to, to meet you right where you are. And for me, that's that's the living church. The living church is not just the message of Christ, but it's also the ministry of Christ. The living God in our midst, touching hearts. Amen. So I want to read this verse. Let's get to Revelation chapter 3. So we're going to look at how, how to come alive and how, or how to stay alive, spiritually alive. I want to give us some really practical uh, top tips of how to stay alive. It's also good to sing that song often, staying alive, staying alive, and <laughs> it's running through our minds now. But, but let, me, let me read this, and uh, I, I think this morning I'm not going to show you things that's necessarily new for a lot of us, but it's going to remind us of some, some key aspects of walking with Christ. So Revelation 3 verse 1, this is Jesus speaking to the church in Sardis. And he says, and to the angel of the church in Sardis writes, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. That's ish, like pep talk for the day. Now, now it's interesting if you, if you read the whole passage where Jesus speaks to Sardis he, he highlights a few things, but he does not speak like in the other, like other six churches that he spoke to. He doesn't speak of persecution. He doesn't speak of the enemy. He doesn't speak of all, you know, all these terrible things that are happening or sins and things that they're battling with. And we can come to the conclusion. And this is one guy, Walt Kelly. He said, we have met the enemy And he is us. (laughs) So there's there's a a place where the problem isn't the devil, persecution, or the challenges of life. The problem is us, not connected to Christ. That's the problem. Because other things wouldn't be a problem if we're connected to Christ. And so he's revealing in this passage that guys ultimately you're the problem in the sense of you're not connecting. You're not having intimacy with God. You're not spending quality time with God. Ultimately, you're, you're fading and parts of this body is you're dead. You have a name that you're alive. Eh? The church like, Church Alive, that's the name of the church, but we're actually dead, you know? And, and also, if we look at the history of Sardis, they, they never were conquered by physical battles, but twice. During the night, enemies entered the city and conquered it, which is also fascinating in the sense of how Jesus speaks about watching, being aware, being aware of your state, not becoming passive, not losing your, your focus. So the enemy ultimately here reveals it's, it's, it's us. It's us when we get distracted. It's us when we're not living a a healthy lifestyle or a habit of spending quality time with God. And I believe part of that is connected to this. Do you have a mission? I think sometimes we stagnate because we don't have a mission. I think mission number one should be, God, I so want to know you. I want to know you intimately because you are my everything. So that should be a mission. God, you are the lover of my soul. No one compares to you. Jesus, I want to know you. That should be mission number one. But mission number two, what do you think? What should be mission number two? Well, reaching others for Christ. I have found that when I want to reach others for Jesus, I become more focused. I seek God more. I pray more. I'm willing to shut out distractions because, man, I so want God to work through me. You know, when we went to um, Cape Town a, f- a few weeks ago, uh, I knew that on the Friday I was going to visit um, my, my cousin, and uh, they, they, they have a baby that uh, when the baby was nine months old, it had a um, brain clot or something. So a perfectly beautiful, nothing wrong with the baby, nine months old, became an invalid this is about a year and a half ago. Absolutely rocked the family. And, and I've, I've been in, it was fascinating because his wife came to Somerset West Church when we were ministering there sometime last year. And she didn't know that we were family. <laughs> but she, she was there and her family were there. And actually, it was a word of knowledge. And they responded on it. We prayed with them. And she later found out that, you know, we're family and uh, and so Lord, and, and so this whole tragedy actually mo- worked in them and moved in them that that they turned to she turned to Christ and started to see God passionately and then on that friday afternoon but i was like jesus if this child would be healed You're, you know when you have something that you trust in god for you focus so that week before uh, i think i fasted for 3 days it was the easiest fast ever because it's just like, Jesus, I'm seeing a baby getting healed. I'm trusting you for a baby. I'm trusting for your family. I'm trusting for my family, my extended family. Almost no one serving Jesus. I'm trusting God for you to move mightily so that it will be a sign and a wonder for them so that they would turn to Christ. Yo. So I was tempted on day three to stop the fast. I'm like, baby, baby, baby. Jesus, salvation, family, God. You know, and I, and I pushed through with the fast, and we had an incredible weekend. As I shared before, I led my cousin to Christ and um, prayed for the child, and they said later there was improvement in the child, but obviously not, not significant improvement. But we're trusting for more. But I, but I realized that you and I need a mission, a goal. Otherwise, why? <laughs> Chips, dip TV. Huh? That's all it's going to be, <laughs> because you don't have a mission. You have to have a mission. It's God, I want to know you. God, I want people to encounter you. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek your face. Do you have a mission? <laughs> because I think the dead church became dead because they lost their passion, and they lost their mission, and ultimately they lost their passion. So I believe to be a living church, there's two key components. You need to come and sit at the feet of Christ like Mary did instead of Martha. Sit at the feet of Christ to receive His Word. And you and I need to become the hands of Christ. The hands of Christ so we can reach others. Those two key components. Okay, the living church is sitting at the feet of Christ and reaching out to others. So another cool story, Nastasha shared this with me on Wednesday, I think, or Thursday. Went to a coffee shop in Somerset West, and she and another lady were sitting in the coffee shop, and then this interesting couple entered the coffee shop, but like really interesting. Out of the box, like, don't look very Christian. always don't judge people by their looks, but they didn't look very Christian. So, So the one guy, so the guy came, walked past them, And as he walked past, Nastasha was like, God, what do you have to say about this guy? And then as he came back, she heard on the inside of her heart, she heard the Lord say, he dreams a lot. He dreams a lot. So at some point, Nastasha gets up and she goes to the table. Hi. (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) Hi there. (laughs) I feel God's revealed to me, you know, that you dream a lot. And the guy said, no, I don't. And she's like, well, you know, I'm trying to hear the voice of God. And uh, so I'm always asking him things about people. I thought he said that to me. But anyway, sorry, bless you, and went back to her table. Later on, the two of them got up and they walked out. As they, they, walked to the car. As they were walking to the car, suddenly another cop stopped next to them. And there was this couple. And, and the guy said, I lied to you. I dream a lot. And then Nastasha said, well, can I I pray with you? Can I ask God to show me more? And they said, sure. So she put her hand on the lady's arm. They were sitting in the car, and she was on the outside. And then she prayed for them. And they were powerfully touched. God revealed other things about their destiny or their identities. And when she opened her eyes, the tears were flowing down their faces. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. So even if somebody says that's not so, they're probably lying. Okay, <laughs> so there needs to be a bit of tenacity, but what I love about what, what Nastasha shared with me recently was that she spends a whole lot of time with Jesus every day. She makes time. She makes time. She makes time. Are you making time? Because It's very hard to be the hands of Jesus if you haven't sat at his feet. okay. So you need to make time for Him. You need to have a mission. You need to say, Jesus, you, ultimately, You are my passion. But God, I want to also reach others for You. Amen. Okay. So let's look at this. John 15, verse 5. And this is where Jesus reveals the importance of being connected to Him. He says, I am the vine. John 15, 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So if you and I are to be connected to Jesus, I mean, as a lifestyle, it says there, abides. He who abides in me. In other words, you start by sitting at the feet of Jesus, receiving his word. But it's more that it's a continuous connection, a continuous abiding, a continuously being aware of God, turning your heart to him as you go through your days, activities. It's just, Jesus, I love you. God, I'm drawing near to you. God, give me a fresh glimpse of your goodness today. Just that connection. But he says that you can do nothing. And even in the next verse, he says, if you're disconnected, you die. I'm going to get to that in a moment. We're just going to stay on that verse for now. But, But I have this picture You and I need to to understand how important it is to be connected to Jesus. Sometimes we think, man, I've prayed the sinner's prayer. I've committed my life to Jesus. Now I can go on with life as usual. But it's not so. You see, I have this picture of it's like the Sahara Desert. The Sahara Desert. and, And Jesus is like an oasis in the Sahara Desert. So if you go into 50 degrees plus Celsius, just sand dunes everywhere, and you walk for a day out without water, what's going to happen? You're going to begin to die. Maybe two, two days in, you're solidly dead, but one day without water, you're going to already be dying. You're going to be, can you, can you, your mouth's going to be dry, and your, your lips are going to be cracked, and you're going to... Uh, I want some water now. I'm really making myself list for the big water. (sighs) But, But this little bottle of water, in 50 degrees heat, you've been walking for five hours. The value of this little bottle of water is going to be quite high, would you say? It's going to be... Lost my water, right? It's my water. So it's my water. Leave, leave, leave my bottle alone. You know the, the value of this will arise as you discover the challenges of your environment. And, and I believe the reason many of us sort of just go through the motions and we don't value our time with God is because we don't realize the importance of the living waters. We don't realize the importance of not just once off praying a prayer and not just coming to church once a week, but to continuously spend time with God as if your life depends upon it. Because it does. If you don't get enough of the living waters, you die. You lose your passion for Him. So how do you abide? Well, two top tips for you. Top tip number one. Do you have a quality time every day with Jesus? Is it your priority? Does your life depend upon it? Because it does. That's a good place to start. So that's like coming to the oasis every morning. I'm going out into the Sahara. It is hot out there. I need to come get some water before you leave the house. So you have your quality time, but now you come to the oasis, but more than just coming to the oasis, now you need to drink deeply because you can't take it with you. You must take it on the inside of you. So you need to drink deeply of His Word and of His Spirit. So question number one, do you have a quality time every day? And then do you drink deeply or are you distracted? Just do five minutes, you sip, and then you go out. And then you wonder why you're losing your joy, you're losing your peace, you're losing your passion. So you need to drink deeply. And that verse says it so powerfully, without me, you can do nothing. If you don't have the living waters on the inside of you, you can do nothing. So what happens? You become anxious. You become stressed. You feel empty. You become fearful. You lose your joy. So every now and again, I would counsel somebody, and and they're battling with something. And then I'd say, okay, well, just share a little bit about your life. You know, how do you live And I'm like, okay, so you're not spending time with God, you're not not in the Word, you're not praying, you're not. And you wonder why your life is falling apart? My life would fall apart if I lived like you. You're like walking out into the desert sands without living waters, and you're dying. So the ball is in your court. You you and I need to realize the importance of being in the Word and being drinking deeply of the Word and of the Spirit as a lifestyle. No one can do this for you. Pep talk on Sundays, not enough. Imagine drinking once a week. No, man. You can do more. So I want to encourage you. Seek the Lord. Make the time With God. Drink deeply of the word and of the spirit. The next verse it says, If anyone does not abide in me, that word abide speaks of a continual connection. It's not a once off, even five minutes in the morning or even an hour in the morning. It is a continuous abiding in God. Continuous, continuous, continuous. Driving in your car to work, you're worshiping, taking a gap at lunchtime. I know. Deval, the pastor, of Marmosby, his his wife works at Sunlum, she's quite high up at Sunlum in in Cape Town. And she has something like thirteen half hour appointments a day. All scheduled into her calendar. And then in the middle somewhere there's a thirty minutes with Jesus. A 30 minutes of topping up, a 30 minutes of focusing, a 30 minutes of just getting into the Word and praying and just tuning in again because she wants the Holy Spirit to lead her in those other meetings. And God has used a mightily supernatural wisdom just to know what to do and, and saving the company millions. And like the guy's like, wow, how did you do that? You know? So make that time continuously connecting with God. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as a branch and is withered. Okay, so you get the picture there. Jesus is the vine, and we are the branch that connects to the vine. So every good thing that we have comes from him. There is no life outside of you. I mean, imagine a branch just lying there. there is no life. There's no life. There's nothing of itself, but there's, a bra- the, there's the, the, the vine itself, and then there needs to be a continuous connection so that there can be life. If it disconnects, you will wither. You will lose your way. And and it says there, and ultimately, if this continues, so there's a disconnect, and the disconnect continues and continues and continues. Ultimately, it says there, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burnt. So ultimately, losing your salvation. That's basically what it's saying. Okay, so quickly, let's go back to Revelation chapter 3. Continue with that. Verse 2, it says, be watchful, be watchful. And strengthen the things which remain. He's giving us solutions now to overcome. Strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. You will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Okay, so let's take it from the top, verse 2. Be watchful. Okay, so I'm going to give you a few tips here again in terms of staying connected to Jesus so you can be alive and flourish. The first one there is, be watchful. So what are we supposed to watch? The devil. The devil. Sometimes, yes. But in this case, no. The watchful for me is speaking of watch your own heart. Be aware. How's your passion? How's your desire for God? And you can obviously see quickly see um, in terms of your lifestyle. If you have a great passion for God, it's going to move you to spend time with God. If you have a minimal passion, you're going to find yourself doing a whole lot of other stuff, but not spending time with the Lord. So you need to evaluate yourself. How's your passion? How's your desire? How's your, how's your, he says actually, he checks the works. How how are you doing on the inside? Evaluate, watch, what doubts are coming in, what distractions are coming in. And so often what happens, even with your Sundays, you know, it's just like, you know, it's easy to not come to a service, hey, I'm busy, man, I'm tired, so why come? Why come? It's so easy, it's just like, I'm just gonna skip this Sunday, but I'll be back next Sunday. Do you know how many times I've contacted somebody and say, oh, yes, see you Sunday. And then we don't see them Sunday. You know, it's just like, no, we don't. And, and, and then over time they lose their passion They lose their passion, they lose that fire, they lose that fire, and ultimately they they begin to spiritually die, and they don't realize it. You know, every Sunday is about getting that, getting a, a, you know, I remember when I just became a believer. I was so battling to overcome the weaknesses and the issues in my life. So I was like, hold on for dear life until Sunday. That was the mission. Mission number one, hold on until Sunday. Sunday altar call, I don't care if it was for pregnant women, I would come forward. Please pray for me. I'm battling, you know. I was just so desperate because I went, man, I have found Jesus and I don't want to lose this. And I know life's happening and trying to pull me away. So I didn't matter what the altar call, I would come forward, pray for me. I need a filling up. I need strength. And then, man, then Wednesday. Hold on for dear life. Small group, life group. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Come on, come on, Andre. You can do this. First year and a half, uh, this is how I lived. Just to stay on track. At, at, at life group, I would share with the guys, oh, I'm battling, I'm battling. Please pray, pray for me. Pray for me. And then I would hold on for dear life until Friday night, because Friday night was Prayer evenings. And that's how I lived. That's how I lived. That's how I lived. That's how I lived until I became stronger in God. You know how many people in this church have committed their lives to Christ and then horribly backslidden? Do you know how many? It offends me. It upsets me. It freaks me out. How many people I've personally prayed with at the end of a service. Personally, encourage them, and then they say, "See you next Sunday." <sighs> Never again. WhatsApps, phone calls, follow up, follow up, follow up. Squat. Freaks me out. And so there's this. I believe this is this this priority, this values that are, we need to shift our value system. And you guys are here today, so well done. Okay. I'm preaching to the choir, I know. (laughs) But go tell somebody what I'm sharing with you today. (laughs) But but to have these like stakes in the ground, like we go to church on Sundays, come hell or high water. That's massive. We go to life group, come hell or high water. We do it. We 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 stay connected. That is so critical. to to, to be anchored in community and in Christ. Otherwise, we tend to lose our way. We need to stay connected. And the ball's in your court. No one can force you or make you do it. Okay, then verse, uh, 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 like a few points from those verses. It says there, verse 3, Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Remember how you started. I mean, if you're a believer now, maybe it's 10 years in, 5 years in, 3 years in. Remember how you started because you probably did something right at the start that you would still be here today. Originally, when you turned to Jesus, there probably was quite a passion. Like, wow, this is amazing. Oh, worship's amazing. The Word is amazing. Man, every person in this church is so beautiful. And then you get offended. (laughs) <laughs> and you find out, no, they're not God. They're just human, eh? <laughs> but there's something at the start that is so, so profound. I remember, man, I was, the first thing I was just doing is go to church, get to small group, get to prayer meetings. Those were the things I was doing. And then I was, like, getting into the Word myself, getting into the Word myself, praying myself, spending time with God. Drinking deeply of the word of God. And ultimately, I moved forward. And then I started to get involved in church. Then I started to do missions trips. And then, then we started to hit the sixes. More than the proteas. <laughs> At least they won. I was very worried about this yesterday. You know we are in trouble when you're worried that you're playing against Afghanistan. <laughs> and you don't know if you're going to win. Sure. But remember, remember how you started, or even not just how you started. Think back of your life, the times that you were most on fire for the Messiah. What did you do? Do it again. How did you live? Live it again. Do it again. Get up again and pursue God in the same way. We tend to forget. And we tend to make, again, it's about value. If you're in the Sahara Desert, and you, you would value water. You know, your life depends upon it. I cannot travel out a day's trip into the Sahara Desert without water. Now, what if you and I would start living like that today, in terms of living waters? Man, I can't go a day without spending quality time with God. Yo, I can't afford to miss a church service, because I need to be strengthened and focused so I can keep on pursuing God. And so many people say, man, I'm busy. But it's amazing that you tend to make time for the things that you really want to make time for, isn't it? You make time for the things that you want to make time for. That series, that series, you make time for it, okay? (laughs) In the same way, if we would value our time with God, we would Be there. Amen. Then it says, hold fast and repent. In other words, protect your relationship with God. Again, think back of the most beautiful times in your life. Do you realize how awesome it is to open His Word and just to study, to read His Word, and to hear the voice of the Father speak to you through the Word of God? I heard uh, the Bull Johnson, I think he said it, love at first insight. (laughs) I tell you, there's something amazing about the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I love to be. You need to be in the Scriptures for yourself or you will stagnate. You need to be in the Scriptures for yourself or you're going to lose the fire. Love at first insight. Love at first insight. We need to love the Word of God. One of the biggest mistakes we can make is, as a church, we focus a lot on the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. But the biggest mistake we can make is to be Spirit-focused but not Word-focused. Because by being spirit-focused, you should be word-focused. Because the more word-focused you are, the more spirit-focused or more of the spirit you're going to have. You need to be the spirit and the word. Eh, the classic quote. You need the word and the spirit. With a word only, you'll dry up. With a spirit only, you'll blow up. Uh-huh. Go look at a few charismania, a bit of charismania. Spirit, but no word. <sighs> Crazy. But word and spirit, and you grow up. We need to have both. And I pick it up in many, uh, uh, like, movements in the church world that are very holy, spirit focused, signs and wonders focused, but they devalue the word of God, and that is suicide and plain stupid. Honestly. Uh, some of a sudden, I me- come to meetings and then somebody's focus is like, like, at some point in the message, they would say something along the lines of, oh, let me just read a verse for, for, for the teachers among us. No. We love the Word of God. We value the Word of God. The Word of God points us to the living Word. We cannot devalue the Word of God. So in our church, we focus a lot on the Holy Spirit, but it's not at the expense of the Word of God. It is both. You need both! You need both. And I sometimes, I don't know, I think we've got inner inner tanks. I think you have a word tank. I think you have a worship tank. I think you have a prayer tank. I think you have a fellowship tank. And you can sort of pick up when you're running low on one of them. I sometimes feel, oh, I haven't worshipped for a while. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship. Let's fill up that tank. Sometimes like, oh, I've been praying a lot, even in the spirit. That I've been a little focused. On. Man, I feel empty in terms of the Word. I need to fill up in the Word again. So then, yeah, oh, just start reading the Word. Not even trying to figure it out. Just read it. Just read it. Just read it. Just read it. Just read it aloud. Just proclaim it over your life. Read it. Read it. Say, God, show me Jesus. Just read it. The Word is beautiful. The Word is powerful. So another c- critical component is To hold fast and to repent is to journal. Do you journal? Do you write down? I write down the whole time on my Evernote. So if I feel um, a scripture speaks to me, if I feel like the Holy Spirit has spoken something to me, I put it in my Evernote. I have different blocks. And then I would just, when I feel a little bit low on the fire, then I go back to those words like, oh, Lord, last week you, oh, that was good. I relive the moment. Oh, and that was wonderful. You need to remind yourself. Every, every beautiful moment that you've had with God, write it down. Remind yourself, man, in that worship moment, I felt the Holy Spirit whisper to my heart the following. Remember, or whatever, you know, and I'm thinking like Simba. remember. <laughs> Lion King, for those who are wondering. But make, make notes of those wonderful moments. Have a, 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 a journal with you as you read through the scriptures. But get serious about what you just, don't be so nonchalant. Value. Value what God says. Value what the word is saying. Make notes of it. Go back to it. Pray it to the Lord. Get serious about the, your, your living waters. Amen. Another one, important top tip, it says repent. So when you pick up your value, watching your heart, and you pick up, man, I've lost my passion, I've lost my fire, I am, I'm going down here. How do you turn that around? A good place to start is speak to somebody. So another tip, and he also says, get a wingman or a wingwoman. Do you have somebody you can speak to? To say, yeah. I have so lost my fire for the Lord. Look at my lifestyle. The whole week went by. I didn't spend time with God, or maybe just five minutes. I didn't get into the Word. I didn't worship. I didn't pray. Something is wrong. I'm walking out into the Sahara Desert. I'm dying. God doesn't want you to die. So speak to your spouse. Speak to a friend and say, hey, pray with me. Come on. I want things to turn around. Then the, the next bit they say, let me read that bit again. It says, hold fast and repent. And then verse 4 You have few names even in Sardis who have not defiled their garments. And they say, walk with me in white, for they are worthy. So they say, not defiled. You see, normally how this works is in terms of you were on fire for God, or you were passionate, or you were going on a good space with the Lord. And now what happens is it's called a slow fade. It's not like one Sunday you get up and you say, oh, stuff Jesus, I'm over this thing. You just, now nah, I'm busy. Next Sunday, I'm busy. Next Sunday, I'm busy. Tired, tired, tired. You know, whatever. And so it's not like you make a decision like, oh, I'm anti-God now. It's just, over time, it's a slow fade. But there's one way to do a quick fade. If you really want to stuff your life up quickly, I want to give you a tip to do this. And that's basically to sin, to blatantly sin, to be unrepentant, to say, man, oh, just let's just jump off the cliff. Okay, that's how you slide down quickly. So you need to walk in the light. You need to have, I said, a wingman, somebody to talk to say, ah, I'm feeling things are not right on the inside. Okay, that's very important. Speak to somebody. Right, last few verses, Revelation 3, verse 5 to 6. It says, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. And I will not blot out his name from the book of life. A few promises for us. So he's saying those who overcome. Those who are willing to stay connected to Jesus. Those who would make the time and the effort and have a mission. God, I want to know you. God, I want to see lives impacted. There needs to be a bit of fire in your pursuit of God. You can't just come to the word to the scriptures, like just like, uh, oh, whatever, you know. No, there needs to be a there needs to be faith. There needs to be expectation. There needs to be, God, I'm gonna trust you for something beautiful today. And he says. He who overcomes, he who overcomes the dryness, he who overcomes the deadness of spirit, he who overcomes the slow fades shall be clothed in white garments. I will not blot out his name from the book of life. Isn't that beautiful? So he's saying, I'm gonna clothe you with white garments. Otherwise, when you come to the word of God, this is very important. If you if you come to spend time, your, your, your quiet time in the morning, your quality time. Some say tomorrow morning, your quality time. And you come to the Word of God, or you come, you have your space somewhere, a chair or a desk or a place or a couch where you're going to have undistracted time with God. And now you come there, but there's something on the inside of you that just says, man, God is not excited about you. He's not interested. He, he, he's like, you're not good enough. You, you, you don't qualify How's your quiet time going to be? How's your quality time going to be? It's going to be probably like, feel condemned, depressed. You don't know. You need to come to the Word of God with faith. God, hi. It's your favorite son again. Amen. It's your favorite son, the one that you died for on the cross. And if it was just me, you would have died just for me. It's the one that you love so much that you gave your life for me. God, it's me. It's your son. It's your daughter. God, I'm coming to spend time with you. Lord, I thank you for the blood of Jesus that made a way. God, I thank you that your word says that if we would draw near to you, you draw near to us. If I take one step in your direction, you run two kilometers my way because you love me. I'm your child. Remember the prodigal son? When the father saw the prodigal son from afar, he ran. He ran to his boy. The boy stuffed up. The boy lost his whole inheritance. He ate with the pigs, people. He's a Jew. It's horrible. He ate with, with the pigs. He, he lived with the prostitutes. He, he messed up his whole life on every possible level, financially, morally, relationally. He is a loser. And he comes to his heavenly, to his dad, he comes, and he's like, I'm just going to be a servant. And his head is hanging, and I'm like, I'm not worthy. I have nowhere else to go. And I know my dad's going to be angry at me. I know I need a beating. What does the father do? He runs. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? He runs to the boy that messed up. I want to say to you today, God the father is running to you. Despite all your mistakes, he's running to you. He's not looking at your mistakes because he has made provision for all your sins, for all your mistakes, for all your bad attitudes, for all our stuff. It was never about being perfect because he is perfect. And he says, I'm going to give you white clothes. I'm going to clothe you. There's this beautiful exchange happening right now. All your shame, all your guilt, all your sins, all of that, I'm taking it on myself. I'm giving to you my perfection. You need to get this. Otherwise, you always disconnect. I haven't done enough. Not good enough. It was such a long time since the last time I prayed. I'm so not worthy. Yes, you're not worthy because Jesus is worthy. Amen. Come on, let's say it. I am worthy because of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's say it. I renounce condemnation and every accusation that says I can't come to the Father. In Jesus' name, my father is running to me right now. And his arms are wide open. Amen. You need to know this. The enemy pours out the guilt and the condemnation. And what happens? We disconnect. And you say, What's the point? What's the point of trying? I'm not welcome. No, that's a lie. So he's saying there, I'm, uh, you shall be clothed in white garments. I will not blot, blot out his name from the book of life. In other words, if you do the simple thing, you make time for God continuously, and you seek him, and you walk humbly in the light, your name will never be blotted out from the book of life. Amen. Follow, follow, follow him. He has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Then John 15, 7, ending off with this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. If you abide in me, if you stay connected to me and you allow my word on the inside of you, your life will have a great impact. That's what he's saying. Just be connected. Let me fill you with my word and with my spirit and you will experience great significant impact so sit at the feet of jesus and be his hands on the earth so i want to put that up there the seven or six six top tips for those who want to be reminded quality time with god daily drink deeply of the word and the spirit don't come casually watch your heart what's happening Be honest about what's happening in your heart. Remember what God has done. Journal it. Write it down. Pray with someone, especially when you're losing your fire. Be honest. Be desperate as a man that's walking into the desert sands. You're dying. I need to get back to the oasis. or I'm dead. Be as earnest about it as that. Find a wingman, wingwoman, someone you can trust, a believer you can trust, and walk with them. Amen. Thank you for listening Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel Let's do life together